Have you peaked with your running? Many people get to a place with their running where they feel like they can no longer improve with their running progress. Often, this is due to the law of diminishing returns. It just becomes harder to get the extra edge and you have to put in more work. And even with the more work you're putting in, your results are getting slightly less each time you incrementally move up the ladder. You see great results in the beginning by putting in not a lot of work, but then as you get closer and closer to your genetic limits, it becomes harder and harder and you do have to incorporate even more volume more stress variables to get that extra edge. You do have to increase that load somehow and give your body something new to adapt to. Sometimes when we don't have enough rest, this is also a problem that we often see, especially in recreational and competitive athletes. We have other things that we do besides run for a living, right? So there's a lot of stress in our lives and it comes down to managing those stress variables well. Sometimes we get athletes here at Run for PRs or with any coach, you've heard the stories of athletes who are training hard, right? They're running 60 plus mile weeks. They're going out there, they're doing the work and they're just not seeing the results. And sometimes when you do a deep dive into what is going on, you actually find out that the stress load is there. Like they definitely have enough stress, but they don't have enough rest. And so they need to give their body a little bit more rest and recovery so that it can adapt during that time of rest because we do need the stress, but we also need the rest in order for our body to grow and make the adaptations to become faster, to get stronger. So it wouldn't make sense if every day we went to the weight room and we lifted our max weight every single time. Just like in the sport of running, we want to make sure that we are training in an appropriate way where we're not going out and kind of giving our max effort or even toying anywhere near that. Um, if you know anything about weight training, you know that you typically don't test your one max rep um, any more than a few times a year, right? Maybe you do a training cycle and then you test it at the end of that after a couple of months of development. But when you are in that building phase of getting stronger, you are working at a completely different rep and set zone and the weight that you're you're moving in the weight room is significantly lower than what you would test your one max rep with. And so you wanna think the same thing with running, right? We're only gonna be testing our fitness maybe a few times a year, maybe only once a year if it is in that marathon distance, but a lot of our training is gonna be done at lower intensities at distances that maybe are a little bit shorter. And there's a reason for that. It's because on the day-to-day basis, our bodies need smaller stress to be able to adapt. And that accumulation of training over time really does make you into that strong, fast runner that we all wanna be. So we're gonna be talking about three different things in this podcast episode, just breaking it down into these three different segments. The first will be, what is a sign that someone is really getting close to their genetic limits? Um, I think that's the number one thing that we see people wanna ask. Like, all right, am I getting close? Like, can I, is it even physically possible for me based on my genetics, my age, whatever, to qualify for Boston, to run a sub three hour marathon, to run a sub five hour marathon. 
we get people who want to know specifically to them, how close to my peak potential am I at right now? Because if you're really, really close to your potential, you might think, you know, what's really the point of putting in so much more work if I'm only going to get one minute faster. Sometimes people are just curious, is it even possible for me? So we're going to do a rundown of what are tests that maybe like you're at your genetic limit. What are some signs that you might be there? Um, what are some things that we can look at in your past and maybe in like your history with both running and other competitive sports, right? So then we're also going to be talking about what are some signs that you have a lot more potential than you're giving yourself credit for, right? So we see as coaches, people who have these quote unquote like signs that they have extreme untapped potential. And a lot of the times athletes aren't even aware of these things. And so they come to us, maybe they're like, I don't know, a five hour marathoner. And they're doing things like running strides, which are kind of like, not sprints, but they're faster pace work at the end of a run. And they're doing it in like five or four minute per mile pace. And that's telling me, wow, this individual has some extreme raw speed. I mean, if you can get down into that four or five minute pace range, I don't really care like what your PRs are in any other distance. That alone is telling me, hey, you have some raw speed. You have a lot of power. Let's tap into that. Let's utilize that and see what we can do with that. Um, there are some other things that are signs, and we'll talk about how you, if you fall in this camp, can actually convert that you know, untapped potential into, hey, let's develop into a great runner and really become all that you can be in this sport of running. Because a lot of the times I think people do have this really crazy untapped potential and it's really exciting to see what we can do, how you can blossom into a great endurance athlete. Then we'll talk about all the little things that become much more important as you want to reach the next level. So this is kind of that final phase, right? Like maybe you know you're getting close to that genetic limit. Maybe you are training, you're doing all the right things. You listen to our podcast, you're implementing everything. You know everything about the sport of running. You read all the books, you're doing all the things. And you just want to know like what are the little things that I can do to maybe tap closer to what my genetic limits are like how can I get there um are there any tips or tricks maybe I'm missing out on right so we'll kind of give our two cents there so signs that someone's really at their genetic limit this is a tough one um I would say there's there's a few things you could do but they're not really going to give you like a good test to see where you're at right uh it's just more of like hey maybe like a ballpark to give people some hope right so most of the time i find that people are not at their genetic limit so unless you are falling in the camp of an elite athlete you've won um athletic awards maybe you were like an all-american in college you're getting close right like when you're at that level like when you are at that elite or professional level, you're getting awards in college, that sort of thing, you're already like in the top tier, right? Um, and then I think maybe like the next tier down where there's still a lot, or like Olympic trials qualifier. It's like, obviously these people are like top tier. You're very close to your genetic potential. Um, anything you do is probably not going to get you more than a couple seconds per mile faster in any given distance. And I think that's something that everyone at that level kind of knows. Then I think there's people who are at a like a more sub elite level, um, maybe people who 
qualify for Boston or maybe qualify for Boston with a large buffer, right? There, That is a whole category of people who I think sometimes assume that they're close to their genetic potential because there's not really, in the running world, there's not really like a big like numerical jump up after that Boston qualifier. I feel like there's nothing kind of in between qualify for Boston. There's like nothing after that besides mm-hmm. OTQ. And I feel like that's such a large window where sometimes people, they don't have anything to shoot for next or they feel like, hey, maybe this is it for me. Cause maybe like that was it. Like the goal that you chased for so long was the BQ and then you hit it. And then it's like, what do, what do I do next? And there's not as many people maybe in that bracket. So I find oftentimes it's, easier to have people to like look up to and role models and people that you can be like, Hey, this person did it. I'm going to do it too. But as you get faster and faster, maybe there's like less people where you can look to for an example. Um, but I do think even people who qualify for Boston, I definitely don't think that they're at their genetic limit. Right. And then I think there's a tier of people who, um, you know, maybe are in that four hour range, and they, their big question is, is it even possible for me to qualify for Boston? Like, is it genetically possible? I think in prior episodes, like way back in the beginning of the podcast, I probably was quoted saying that I think that like anyone could qualify for Boston given enough time, training, and consistency, and given that you're physically abled body. So every right. some people are um, disabled, right? And so obviously in that case that's a, it's a different scenario but I think if you're like an able-bodied person and you really want to achieve that goal and you're giving yourself a lot of time and consistency to get there like say 20 years I think it is a realistic ask that most bodies could potentially achieve that but the caveat being you have to be willing and wanting to put in that type of work because what it would ask of you is probably over the course of longer than a decade to run 30 plus miles a week consistency consistently for 10 to 20 years. And I think most people, um, that, it's a, that's a hard ask, right? I mean, that's, that's a really, that's a lot of consistency to put over time. I think a lot of people are in the sport of running for like five to 10 years and it, it kind of fades in and out because you might go a year or two without that consistency. Or if you're maybe a female in your childbearing years, you might like have a kid and then it sets you back and then Mm. you're pregnant again. And then it just becomes like, I don't know, something that we just assume, oh, like maybe my quote unquote best days are behind me sort of thing. Uh, But I do think if the desire is there and the consistency, I do think people can get close to that level. And I do feel like it's realistic if someone really wants to go after it and commit to the training that would be required to really get there. Yeah, you said a lot of good things there. I think, you know, just such a small percentage of people, I think, are actually at this limit, right, where they have been so consistent year after year and they're running a lot of, like, the same times. Let's say they're just, um, you know, stuck in the 240s or 250s or whatever um, time they're running. And so for them, it's it's a little bit more difficult, right? Like, they've they've been very consistent they've probably as long as they've had everything in line like their strength their nutrition you know they've changed up their training approach um different cycles that sort of thing um that's a little bit more difficult right we're looking for just very slight gains then but for the average adult you know who's running Mm -hmm. uh, marathons maybe once a year twice a year or even uh, less frequent than that um you know i definitely think that 
what we what happens to us is a lot of times we allow factors to prevent us from maintaining a certain level of fitness or elevating getting to another level where we want to be uh, closer to our peak um, so I think the top two things that maybe affect us would be like stress you know anything stress related so maybe it's like family stuff work stuff um, just feeling overwhelmed with like time and and the inability to train consistently in general. So that would be one big thing. And then the second thing would be battling some sort of like, you know, like injuries or something Mm. physically that's preventing you from maintaining that consistent training regimen. So you keep getting sick, you keep getting injured. Um, So getting those things, you know, you have to address those first when they they happen. Otherwise, it's going to be really difficult to stay consistent with your running and reach a new level. So these reoccurring setbacks, they do prevent you from reaching your peak. And so... You have to get a good grasp on them first, and then hopefully, you know, you're you're able to, um, you know, as as they come at you, they're hopefully minor roadblocks. You can just um, overcome them within a matter of days or weeks, and then you won't lose fitness, so you can continue on and hopefully uh, being on the right path for that consistent training to, to pay off for you. Right. Yeah, the injuries can definitely be a frustration and something that sets people back again. Uh, But I also think like what you mentioned in the beginning is making sure that you have the right stress variables in place. So oftentimes runners get in like a comfort zone of like what they like to do with their training. And sometimes they just do that year after year. And just being consistent alone, like putting in the mileage, like maybe someone is going to hear me on here say, oh, all you have to do is run like 30 miles a week for 20 years. That doesn't guarantee that you're going to get to a BQ. That's just like the bare minimum of like probably what the mileage would have to be around. Um, You, in addition to that, have to really be challenging yourself with every given week, every given month, um, really looking at what is the best way to frame up training and training in a way that is guided and having benchmark goals along the way, right? So let's say right now you're at a place of like a 30 minute 5K. Well, we need to challenge you. Like we need to say, okay, let's say you can run three miles at 9.30 pace right now. Maybe by the end of the year, the goal is to be able to run three miles at like an 8.50 pace. How are we going to get there? Well, let's test your one mile. Let's work on some speed. Let's get that one mile time down. Maybe we can get it in that like mid to low eights. And then we can start working on 5K stuff again. But I think in order to get to that place, you really have to be challenging yourself with specific workouts. We can't just say that our goals are X, Y, Z and then not have workouts in place to get there, right? So if we say, oh, my goal is to take two minutes off my 5K time, you really have to draw an outline. How are you gonna get there? There has to be one to two specific workouts per week where you are stressing the right system. So like the VO2 max, doing threshold work, all of those things over time to get faster. You have to be holding yourself accountable and making sure you're staying on track towards those goals. Um, And what I often see happen is people will have goals, but then they don't have, they're not challenging themselves with the correct workouts and really framing up a plan to get there. They just think that being consistent in and of itself and then maybe doing a few workouts here and there when they feel like it will get them to that goal. But I think being really diligent in planning out what those workouts are going to be and then reassessing, like, is this really working, right? So maybe you are coaching yourself. Maybe you want to go down that path. 
Um, you might frame up six to eight weeks of workouts and have a really good plan. Think about it thoroughly, spend maybe an hour, really develop maybe longer developing this plan for yourself. And then at the end of that, test your fitness, see what happens, see how you feel. And then for the next six to eight weeks, really reevaluate like, did my approach work? Um, am I feeling more fit? If not, this is a time to check in, leave notes, write feedback. You have to be really intentional about your approach to getting there. And so often I think that people will fall into the camp of not really reflecting or being intentional about how are my workouts coming together? Am I really getting faster? Do I need to tweak some things? Um, and that's where you can start to see breakthroughs happen when you are really intentional and you are testing your fitness every couple of months and making sure you're staying on track towards those goals. And obviously every time you test your fitness, you might have like a fluke day, bad mm -hmm. race, but there should be guiding lights along the way to that, you know, said race where you see your fitness breakthrough. Um, I see it in my athletes all the time. I experience it myself as a runner where you might have like a really, really good workout every two to four weeks where you're like, okay, I, I literally think I PR'd this workout. I think I ran faster than I have in previous cycles. I felt very good. This is like the strongest workout I've ever done. And if you're not really having those once a month or so, I do think it is time to maybe reevaluate. Like, are you doing too much mileage? Are you, um, not doing the right type of workouts? Are you maybe going too fast for your intervals, right? So you, there's so many things within the sport of running that could potentially be the factor that you need to adjust. Um, but I think having that reflection time every week, every couple of weeks where you are keeping yourself accountable and you're seeing what are the variables that maybe I do need to tweak can help you get to that place faster. Yeah, I really love all that. You know, this question is so like broad depending on where you're at with your running. Like, you know, some some people might think they're close to their peak um, currently, or maybe they think their peak was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, maybe when they were younger. Mm. Um, and if that's the case, you know, you just sort of have to um, set those benchmark goals like you mentioned. And as you're starting up again, you know, the biggest thing is to set realistic attainable goals for where you're at now. And um, maybe adjust your definition of what success looks like for you in the next few years because it's not fair to compare yourself back to when you were in your 20s or 30s and maybe you had a lot more you know time or less stress uh, you felt better and maybe you let yourself go for a couple years there whatever it is you know whatever your case is um it's just you can get back to a different level of fitness that you maybe haven't been in the most more recently times and so that's where um you know doing all the things that you're talking about is really going to be the key to just starting to move the needle in that direction. Yeah, definitely. That brings up a good point. And anytime someone is coming back to the sport of running, whether it's from taking time off for having a baby or you just took time off in general, or maybe like you were mentioning, uh, maybe your glory days, right? Like maybe you were like an All-American or a really good runner in college and then you took some time off and now you're getting back into the sport. So when you are framing up your training and you're in that camp, you really wanna do a time trial at the beginning of that training cycle, see where you're at currently, and then building a plan forward into the future. And then when you do work out, you don't wanna to compare to your past fittest self. You wanna compare it to like, what have you been doing in the last 
last four to six weeks, looking backwards at those workouts, that's really what's going to help you kind of move the needle forward. Because if you are reflecting back on your fittest times 15 years ago, that's not really useful or helpful in your journey moving forward. And yes, some people it's like, if you were an all-American runner in college or you were a really great college athlete um, crushing it and then now you're in your 40s and you're just wanting to like get back into running um, and you feel like you're so far away from where you were, maybe your peak fitness years in the 5K or 8K are behind you and that's okay, right? Um, there's other things and other ways that you can challenge yourself and mm-hmm you're also probably there's other distances right so maybe you also have a really fast marathon or half marathon time that you set in your early 20s right after college but like maybe you could peak in the ultra distances maybe there's trail races you can do i think there's always new ways that you can challenge yourself and challenge your body to to grow in new ways and i do think there is a level of mental burnout that does happen with people who achieve a high level with their running and sometimes switching things up and going down a different route can actually be really rejuvenating. I know a lot of people who did a lot of road races um, and they got to a place where they just felt like, hey, I've kind of not necessarily peaked, but they're getting close to it and it's really difficult for them to continue to train in that manner year after year. So they decided to switch things up and they got into the ultra marathon world and it opened up a whole new way for them to test their limits, get faster, work on a new skill set and really feel like they're growing again. I think that's a really big thing for runners is they want to feel like they're growing. They want to feel like they're learning. And so sometimes going down a new avenue, like a trail ultra, or hey, maybe even going into like triathlon training, or like last year I got into Nordic skiing. It's just a different way that you can use your endurance system and test yourself in new ways and feel like you're growing again. Yeah, I was going to add that. You know, I think sometimes when you when you uh, step away a little bit from running or you focus on maybe you're only running like 20 to 30% of what you normally do, it just seems um, a little bit more enjoyable if you're able to shift that attention, that focus onto something else that is still giving you that positive outlook, right? Or that outlet. So of exercise, maybe you're, uh, maybe you're focusing on like CrossFit too, stuff like that. But there are a lot of different activities that can help even supplement and support your running. So if you do want to go back to maybe focusing on on marathoning again in a few years, it'll be there for you, especially if you stayed active doing a lot of biking on the side or swimming. Um, obviously, if you're doing ultras, then you can always drop back down whenever. But um, yeah, a lot of fun thoughts there. I think, you know, this is something that each person, again, will be on their own individual path. And if you have like, if you have a coach or someone that has kind of been in your situation before, I think it's always wise to get their viewpoint on things. You know, it seems like I get an email probably at least once a month from an athlete who just seems like they're in this place of uncertainty they're not quite sure like what they should be doing um they think about taking time off they think about um a lot of things and so i think it's totally normal to go through these phases um and to also feel a little bit frustrated with the maybe the lack of progress that you haven't made and so you know it's it's all about flipping that lens into a positive lens and how can we think about um doing something that's going to get us excited again in the future Right. And that brings up a really good point is sometimes I think we're expecting that same excitement out of running that we did maybe in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is that law of diminishing returns, it can really get to people, right? So 
you know, in the beginning of your running career, maybe like every marathon you do is like a 20 to 10 minute PR. And then as you get faster, it's like you train for a whole year, you shave a minute off your time. If that, if you're lucky. And sometimes that can just get people really down because they're not really like seeing the same growth from it. And so that's okay. And sometimes running like if you have those long-term goals you're going to be in places where you're not seeing these incredible gains year after year that's just how it it goes right sometimes you're in seasons where your your growth is maybe slowing and so what i like people to do is maybe to challenge themselves in other areas right maybe there's something else in your life or in the fitness world that can challenge you in that same way like when you were a beginner runner right so maybe that's getting involved with weight training maybe that is starting up a new practice like yoga there are other ways where you can see that incredible growth curve in the beginning of a Mm -hmm. um sport or fitness (laughs) career but i think with everything like i go to yoga classes pretty regularly and it's like the people who are I don't, you're not supposed to say best, but the people who have like the high flexibility who are really um, into their practice, who practice every single day, I'm pretty sure that they're not seeing like insane gains anymore because they've already mastered almost everything that it's just like there's not as much room to grow. But whereas me kind of being more a beginner, it's like there are so many things that I could grow in that realm um, where it just seems like, wow, I can really like grow into this. But with running, like you said, sometimes you get these emails from athletes that are like, I've kind of like achieved a lot. Like I'm, I'm at this place where I can run 40 miles a week. I'm doing the workouts. Like I'm pretty fast, but for some reason they just feel this like, oh, the sense of like, I'm not, I'm not moving, I'm not growing. And I think sometimes that goes back to, there's this thing that they got in the beginning of their running journey where everything was an opportunity. Like the thought of getting to this place where they can run a marathon, run 40 miles a week, hit these fast paces, blah, blah, blah. Like that was so exciting to them. And then I think they like mastered all of that. And then they got to this place where they're kind of content with where they're at. And that's tough because once you start kind of getting content, it's hard to stay motivated to continue to that next level. But I do think if you do start incorporating things from other areas of your life, it can help you stay on track with your running goals and remind you kind of like why you started running in the first place. And I do think most people who are runners, they want to stay in it. They want to stick in it for the long haul. But there does have to be that almost like mental shift that occurs. So kind of getting into that next point, what are some signs that you have more potential? So this might be for the person listening who needs a little confidence boost, like, hey, do I have more potential? Like, can I actually reach that next level with my running? Because oftentimes you see people on social media that are like super fast and you're like, is that even possible for me? Could I ever achieve that? Um, Or is that like a pie in the sky type of goal? So what are some signs um, I see as a run coach just right off the bat? I just listed a few that... Um, kind of show me, like if I get a new athlete, what are some signs you have untapped potential? Number one, you have like insane stride paces. So oftentimes I prescribe the run called like easy run with strides at the end. So strides are essentially during the last mile of your run, you're going to do like 20 seconds of an acceleration where you're going pretty fast and then you do a full recovery in between. So you're really only doing like 20 seconds of hard running, maybe four to six times during the end of a run with full recovery. Sometimes people who are, I don't know, like let's say you run eight minute pace for a 5K, 
they can bust out these strides at like 430 <laughs> per mile. Um, and that to me is like, wow, that's really fast. Um, just given some background, like I run six minute pace or faster for a 5k. When I do my strides, I do it like 550. So I'm like right now, but like I can't do strides in the four minute pace range. And to have that raw speed potential, um, that says a lot about what your potential is with running with paces because it shows me you have a range you can get your legs to turn over extremely fast and i do think it's relatively rare to find someone that can dip into the sub six minute pace range um in strides if they aren't usually running those paces otherwise right so that that gives me some indication that we have some untapped potential another one is either inconsistent training so someone that isn't running multiple days a week on a regular basis. Um, if you've never really done that before, then I would say likelihood is if you did start doing that, you're going to see drastic gains, right? Inconsistency can also come in a number of different ways. I've also had athletes come to me who've been consistently training for five years. Like on paper, they're like, yeah, I run five, six days a week. Um, I haven't gotten faster in the last five years. Can you look at my training? And I look at it and I'm like, where are your workout days? And they're like, oh, um, like sometimes I just like run like marathon pace or like sometimes I just run a little faster and they're not like very specific workouts. They're not really targeted. They're just kind of willy nilly. And that tells me, Hey, this person hasn't been doing workouts for five years. Like Let's see what happens if we throw in some specific workouts and really test the right zones. Let's get some threshold work in there and see what happens. And oftentimes what will happen in that situation is someone will like PR within a couple of months because they have the aerobic base, they have the foundation, and really all you have to do as a coach or as a runner is just like throw in that additional stress variable and it is going to lower your threshold. It is going to improve your VO2 max and you are going to start probably running faster if all you've been doing is like easy mileage or some marathon pace work for the last couple of years. Um, and another, another thing is like, if you're doing the same workouts, right? So I do think we get a lot of people, um, who come to run for PRs and they, a lot of their workouts are like marathon pace work. It's always doing marathon pace work. And while that can be really good for like maintaining your current fitness level, it's not gonna really help like boost you to the next level. It's not really like increasing your threshold. It's just more of like a gray zone. Like you're not really growing in that area. Um, so we like to just kind of mix up what the workouts are so that we are stressing different zones. So we do improve. Um, and then the non-polarization of training. So sometimes when people have every single run being like in that gray zone, no workouts, essentially it's all kind of around the same theme of not doing specific workouts. And I think oftentimes on social media, we talk so much about easy running and how important it is. But really the only reason, in my opinion, that easy running is super important for training and reaching your potential in the sport of running is so that you can actually have the designated hard days. Like you still have to have these harder effort running days if you want to get faster. And what you do on those hard days is incredibly important. And I think threshold um, work is is really a safe bet for a lot of workouts. There's so many variations you can do um, of that, but I think that's so critical and oftentimes it's a missing piece in people's training. 
Yeah, those were all good. You know, to add to the inconsistency piece, I think of athletes and maybe maybe they only train like uh, a few months out of the year for a race. So maybe they come to us in like May and they have a fall marathon. But then after that, they take a long break. Mm. Um, and maybe their intention is really just to rest for a month or two, but it ends up being four to six months. So that that sort of inconsistency is as well. If, if you were to flip that and be a little bit more, you know, consistent year, year round, I think that that could help. Um, help an athlete reach their potential. Some other signs that I think might elude that the athlete has more potential is just um, their first couple of workouts. How are they executing? Are they running like negative splits? Are they able to run progressive or, um, you know, like a progression run and execute that? Because um, that tells me that they have pretty good like control and awareness mm. of their pacing. Um, another thing I'll look for is maybe like how fast they're recovering from a workout or a long run. I think that you know, athletes that tend to recover pretty quickly, that's a really good sign. Um, again, though, if it takes you longer, that's that's fine. It just means we have to be a little bit more aware and strategic about how we, um, how we do things with training. Um, and then lastly, I would say, you know, how, really how, how motivated a person is and their energy that they mm. have towards running. Because if you are motivated to like do something every day, like whether it's go on a walk or do cross training, um, uh, that tells me that you probably, you know, if we harness that energy into running appropriately at the right rate, um, that should hopefully help help you build fitness in the long run. And um, if you're not strength training too, that might be another good one to add in. That if you start implementing that, that could help you reach your potential. So right, all the little things become so much more important if you want to reach that next level. Um, so that was kind of the last part of the podcast we wanted to cover, and we did touch a little bit about on how it's really important to make sure you're doing the right type of workouts. And I think threshold workouts really important. Also making sure you're training at the correct mileage, right? So at the beginning of the podcast, we talked about how um, sometimes people are really good at being consistent and sometimes they're doing too much, right? Um, There are sometimes signs you're doing too much, but they can also be skewed right so not every time that you're extra tired or you have fatigue does that mean you're doing too much I would really look at your history and have you been kind of like stuck in this rut for a long time when was the last time you changed something up sometimes people are like on run streaks or they're not taking appropriate rest days they're not taking cutback weeks those implementation of those sort of strategies can really help you get the recovery that you need to be able to recover from hard workouts and actually have your body soak in the stress of those workouts and then grow from them. Oftentimes I see people just piling on stress and they're not really having that recovery period. Um, So you wanna look on a macro level for your recovery as well. So we wanna be making sure we're having regular off seasons, that we're having um, breaks after vigorous training cycles because stress does compound and if you're not taking rest on like the zoomed out level every now and then it will kind of add up um and then other little things that become more important uh, as you get older right strength training does become more critical making sure you're correcting any imbalances along the way Um, being choosy of what type of courses you're picking right so if you are really trying to maximize like the fastest possible marathon time that you can run you want to make sure you're running on fast courses right so if you're approaching maybe your 40s um, and you've been running for a long time and you're like this is kind of like when i want to set my marathon pr i don't know how many more years left of 
fastest marathon times I have, well, maybe now is the time to really be researching like fastest marathon courses, really going after those carbon plated shoes, um, checking any other thing that you can do to really get that extra edge. I know um, supplements using beet. So there's studies out there that show a certain amount of um, beet. And I think it's like the nitric oxide. Don't even quote me. I don't know. But there's a certain level of that that actually does. It's like a 3% increase in your performance. Um, There are quite a few supplements out there that claim to have this uh, beet and in like a powderized form in the correct amounts. But you really want to do your research and make sure that you're choosing one that actually has um, been tested by third-party lab. Um, but all of those little things that you can do, maybe it's like eliminating alcohol in the months of training and leading up to your race. If you really want to get serious about like how fast can I possibly go, we really do have to kind of make more and more sacrifices um, or even going deeper, right? So sometimes people are really good at making sacrifices, but they're also not really hyper-focused on like, hey, we need to do a carbo load and we need to do it correctly. And I think oftentimes people are shocked at what carbo loading really looks like, right? Those two to three days before the marathon. I mean, we really got to go with those simple carbs. We have to load up, do all of the things. And I know when I started carbo loading correctly, um, things just started to feel a lot different in the marathon. And I was able to actually finish the last 10K um, my fastest or running my, my last 10 K be the fastest miles of the entire race. Whereas before it would almost be either a flat line or I'd slow down just a little bit, but having carbo loaded and fuel during the run correctly actually really allows you to execute, um, your pacing strategy correctly because you're not running out of fuel sources. And I think in the past, that was something that held me back personally. Um, And yes, maybe it was only a couple minutes, but in a marathon, if you're really trying to reach your potential, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. I think, you know, the hard part about our sport is that so many of us, we put a lot of emphasis on the time and and it's very objective whether or not we achieve the goal that we're shooting for. Um, And then if we come up short, sometimes we look at that as a failure, right? And so the, how do we flip that and really focus more on the process as we are training? Because that is, that's really the key. It's not, a, you're not, your race itself isn't going to change much on race day based on like the fitness you prepared and you're, you're entering the race. Uh, now, if there's bad weather or you execute your pacing plan improperly, then yeah, the outcome can look drastically different. But for the most part, you know, the race outcome is going to be a result of how your training has been and where you're at mentally. Mm-hmm. And so we need to start measuring success, um, by like focusing on those little things that you talked about. And so, you know, uh, we'll let the outcome dictate itself. And if you're able to do all the little little uh, things along the way, that builds a lot of like mental capacity for, um, you know, toughness basically. It builds, it builds tenacity, builds grit, determination. And those are the things that are going to help you on race day. You know, that's gonna help you execute and meet your goal. Um, and along the way, if you're able to meet those benchmark goals, I think that's that goes a long way in helping you prepare for your, you know, your A goal race. Because I think a lot of runners, they go into this race with this idea of I want to run a BQ or I want to break four or whatever, but they really haven't even met any benchmarks um, recently within their training. And so being very well aware and intentional about what those benchmarks should be for you, I think can give you a lot of confidence and help you uh, reach a new level with your running. 
Definitely. A lot of really good points. This episode was probably really beneficial for a lot of people who are wondering if they reach their potential and what they can do to kind of break through that next level. So if you are interested in seeing like what specific workouts we were really referring to in this, I know sometimes it helps a lot to have like examples. That's why we always do a free a seven day coaching trial so we can really prescribe specific paces to you, your background goals, current fitness level, all of those things. So if that's something you're interested in, you can fill out the form at www.runforprs.com for a free seven day trial. Again, that's www.runforprs.com. Thanks for tuning in.